All right. Good morning, Joy Church. It is so awesome to see you guys here this morning. Uh, I'm Kyle, and you might recognize me as that crazy, vagrant-looking dude that sneaks up here every once in a while and somehow grabs a mic. Like, I, I don't know why they don't stop me. I guess they must just think that it's more awkward to drag me off the stage and to just let me do my thing up here, you know? You, you know, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, this morning, I have the awesome opportunity to speak to you guys, and I'm so honored because this is such an amazing group of people, all right? And I, I'm so proud to be able to call, alongside each and every one of you, to be able to call this my church, right? This is our church, and I'm so stoked about it, right? So this, this morning, we are going to finish off this amazing series that we've been doing called Rocket Fuel. And if you've been enjoying it, I really encourage you, get a hold of the book. There's a book out there. It's at our next table. It's only $5. If this is your second time here, it's free. Or if you come back next week because it's your first time here, it's free then too. So grab, grab that book. Get your hands on it. It's changed the way that I look at my relationship with God, and I know it can change yours, right? So get your hands on that book. Read it. Read it every year. That's what I do. It's an amazing read. And as we're in the last week of the series, I get to finish it off. And I think we should talk about what I think is the most exciting part in the life cycle of a rocket. Launch right? Ignition, flight. It's like the, the moment when this hunk of metal on the ground becomes, goes from being this hunk of metal to being this amazing feat of human engineering, right? The launch of a rocket, doing what it was created to do. All right, so this morning we're going to talk about how to discover what your next step is in your relationship with God. How can you take flight? How can you ignite? How can you launch your relationship with God, right? And we're going to talk about how to take those steps. So this morning, wherever you're at in your relationship with God, where, wherever, wherever you're at, I believe that God is going to reveal to you the next step that you can take to really leverage the tools that God has given you to take your relationship to the next level, also to impact your life and the lives of the people around you in great ways. All right? So as we launch into this message, I just want to take a second and really encourage everybody here to tune in right? Tune in, not for my sake, but for your sake, because I believe that, that when we come together like this and invite God into our place and invite him to speak to us, he will, right? No matter whether I bumble through my points or whether I speak with eloquence, when we invite God to come speak to us, he's going to do it. So my challenge this morning is for everybody here to tune in, ask God what he wants to reveal to you this morning personally, and then tune in. We, because the creator of the universe who loves you deeply wants to speak to you this morning. All right, we got a deal? Yeah. All right, all right, we're, we're, we're tuned in. So that's awesome. I was saying earlier, we've been in this series called Rocket Fuel, right? And it's about taking your relationship with God to a higher level through daily Bible reading, through prayer, through devotional life, through worship, through spending time with God, right? And the reason we titled it Rocket Fuel is because these are the things, these are the fuel behind your relationship with God. These are the things that launch our relationship with God to a higher level, to a deeper level, right? So this morning, I said we're going to talk about ignition, flight, and what it means to be the kind of person or what it means to be a person that is not only in relationship with God, but has a moving relationship with God, one that grows deeper every day. So we're going to start in the Bible because we believe that that is the Word of God, and we believe that the truth inside it applies to our lives today. And coincidentally, it happens to be part of the first stage of launching this rocket, launching this flight of a relationship with God that we've been talking about. So we're going to go to the Bible. 
We're going to be in James chapter 1, verses 21 through 25. I'm going to read it out of the message paraphrase, and then we're going to work our way through it this morning. All right? So James 1, 21 through 25 says, In simple humility, let our gardener God landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but, letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they look like. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. Right? So this morning, we're going to walk through this verse and see what it means to take our relationship with God to a higher level. And we're going to walk through this verse and see the different stages that, that James has set out here for what a relationship with God can look like and the different, the, the different things that we can do to take our relationship with God to a higher level. But first, I want to talk about how a rocket is built, right? Because we've been in rocket fuel. We've been using this analogy of, of, of a rocket for our relationship with God in rocket fuel. So I don't know how many of you guys know how a rocket is built. I definitely don't, but I'm going to try and tell you. Um, there are several stages, right? Rockets are built in stages. So uh, a rocket, when it's on the ground, the majority of the weight is actually fuel. It's not the thing that you're actually trying to get to space. It's just the fuel. And so as it goes up, it burns that fuel and ejects it out the bottom. And then it gets to a point where the majority of the weight is actually tanks. It's still not the thing that you're actually trying to get to space, the satellite, the person, I don't know, the shuttle, whatever alien life form you're trying to reach. I, I don't know, but whatever it is that's on there is still not the majority of the weight. It's just empty tanks. So the way they build them is they go up and they burn through a tank of fuel and then that tank drops off and, along with the engine and the next engine ignites so it can go even further. And some of them have even three or four stages in the rocket. So what's happening in this rocket is as this rocket does what it's created to do, as it flies and, and launches, it gets to the point where it can access the fuel that, that, that it needs to go to a higher level. As, as it does what it's made to do, it gets to the point where it can access what it needs to go to a higher level. And, and, and you might be asking, okay, what does it have to do with our relationship with God? What does this have to do with our relationship with God? Well, let's go back to this verse, James, and we're going to walk through it and see if we can find some stages that James has set out here for how to take our relationship with God to a higher level. So in James chapter 1, verse 21, he talks about what I'm going to call the first stage of a rocket, the first stage of our relationship with God. Now, now let me be clear, stage one, it doesn't mean introductory. So if you've been, uh, if you've been a Christian for 40 years and, uh, and you're like, oh, stage one, no, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to wait until he gets to stage five, whatever, whatever stage he has in mind. No, stage one, it's not introductory. It's not something that we graduate from, right? Stage one is actually where the most work happens. Stage one is actually the most important. Stage one is, in a rocket, it's actually the part that does the most work. It's the part that actually has to overcome the highest gravitational pull and overcome the, the law of motion, which says that objects at rest have to stay at rest. I'm going to stop talking about science because I know I have no idea what it means. Um, but it has to overcome the most, right? The first stage is, is what the rest of it is built on, right? So stage one, disclaimer, not introductory. This is for every person here. In James 1.21, I'll read it again. It says, in simple humility, let our gardener God landscape you 
with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. This first phrase here, in simple humility. In simple humility, I can have a hard time with this one, right? When I come into, a, whether it's a sermon or if I start reading the Bible, if I'm listening to a Bible story, as I, I've heard this story before, I know this truth. And, and, and maybe that's where you're at and you're saying, oh, I've, I've heard it before, I know this truth. But right here, James is saying, in simple humility, come to the word of God, right? It says, in simple humility, let God landscape you with his word. Let God transform your life through his word, through his written word, the Bible, but also the things that he says to you, right? The, the, the messages that you hear, the, the things that God speaks directly to you. Jake talked uh, last week about hearing the voice of God. If you didn't catch that message, I highly recommend go back, catch that message because it was amazing. But the things that God speaks to you, right? Let them transform you. Be transformed through his word. As we listen to God, he landscapes our lives. He, he comes in and he makes them better. He tells, us, he tells us the things that he wants to take out, the things that he wants to add, right? And, and I don't know how many of you guys are gardeners or, or know a little, anything about gardening, but the gardener does, when he takes things out or adds things, it's for two reasons, right? It's either to make something more healthy, flourish better, or to make room for something better, right? There's always a reason why you take something out. It's, it's, it's always to make something better. And that's what God wants to do with our lives. He wants to show us how he can take it to the next level. He wants to allow, he wants us to allow him to show off the beauty of salvation in our lives, right? So spend time and invest in your relationship with God daily. This is the first stage of our rocket. This is what it's all built upon. Spend time in the relationship with God daily. But how many people here know that maybe a relationship is not just all about talking. It's not all about communication. Communication is a huge part, right? But it's not all about communication. I recently uh, got engaged to the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah, she's right over here, and I'm super stoked about that. And some of you may have known that. Some of you, that's news, which is awesome. But through this, I, I, I did recognize the importance of communication, Right? I, I did recognize that I, through the endless FaceTime calls, through, 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 through talking, and we actually uh, did the math and reala realized that over seven months of long-distance relationship, we racked up over 300 hours of FaceTime calls. Over 300 hours, and that's a conservative estimate, uh, um, which is kind of embarrassing, the things I could have been doing in those 300 hours, but I think it was worth it. I think it was worth it. But... What I realized is, was even bigger that I didn't realize before was the impact of doing things together, right? The impact of common interests. And this is the second stage of our rocket with God, right? Is common interests with Jesus, doing things with God. So we're gonna jump back into that passage in James chapter one, verse 22 through 24. It says, don't fool yourself into thinking that you were a listener when you were anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they look like. So when we look at our lives, how do we know that we are listening to God? How do we know that we're hearing him? When we can look back and say that our actions have reflected it, right? So if you can look back on your life and, and, and say, and, and, and not look back on certain things and say, this is where I was following the advice of God. This is where I was following the counsel of God. 
then, then that, that means that we need to evaluate ourselves and say, okay, am I listening to God? Am I hearing his voice? Am I acting on what he says? And so it says right here, those who hear it and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and, and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they look like. I just, I just want to just, this is, has nothing to do with my message, but I just want to touch on this real fast. Um, it says that those, are, those who don't act are like those who walk away and have no idea who they are or what they look like. I think James is saying something here. He's saying that when God speaks to us through his word, what he speaks is he speaks identity and he speaks purpose, right? It says, it says that those who act actually know who they are and what they look like. When God speaks to us, he wants to tell us how we, what we look like, what our future can be, and he wants to tell us who we are. And, and this morning, I think that for somebody here, God's specific word to you this morning is that you are a child of God, that he loves you deeply, and that he has so much greater purpose for you than you could ever imagine. All right, so that was just a, a quick little side note. I just want to get back to my message now. But, but how do we move from, from being somebody who just simply hears the word of God, hears the, the voice of God, and lets it go in one ear and out the other, to being somebody who takes action on it? How do we move from there? So I, I want to actually reverse engineer this this uh, verse that we had up here, it, it goes, it says that those who don't act are like those who forget, or like those who forget. They forget what they were just looking at, forget what they were just watching, just hearing, right? And, and I can relate to that in my life, right? Usually the times that I don't act, it's not because I, I just don't blatantly want to. It's because I, I, I hear something and then I, I forget about it two minutes later. But... Um, so what, what, what James is saying here is that those who don't act are like those who forget. So how do we not forget? So how, if, we, if we can become a person who doesn't forget, maybe we can become more likely to be a person who acts. And so my, my, my tangible step for you this morning, the first step towards becoming somebody who acts on the word of God is simply journal, right? So I want to talk for a little while, a little while about journaling, but maybe you're a little bit too, uh, too manly or a little bit too educated for the word journal. I know I, I know I was for a long time. A little too manly for the word journal. But if you need to, you can call it taking notes. I don't, I don't care. Written remembrance, whatever you want. Penned recall. I don't, I don't really care. Recorded reminiscence, whatever words you need to use to, to get to it. But, but journal, right? Journal. That's, this is what I call it now because I've, I've gotten to that point where I can finally confess in open public that I journal I do it, all right? But, but journaling, it's so important, right? It's positioning yourself to hear the voice of God. Not only does it help you remember, but it helps God to speak to you. It helps you to position yourself, put yourself in a place where God can speak to you. When, I, when you sit down and you say, God, here's my pen, here's my paper, let's talk, right? You're encouraging God to give you things to, to do. You're encouraging God to, get, to speak words to you. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about how to journal. Real practical. Let's get down to business because when I first started trying to journal, I know that I would sit down at a blank piece of paper and it would stay that way for about 15 minutes and then I would crumble it up, throw my whole journal away and wait another five years before I tried it again. Um, but here's how to journal. And this first step sounds way too simple and actually way too hard. Start writing. Because I know for me that's, that it sounds so simple and it's like, oh yeah, it's just start writing. But it's so hard, right? So start writing 
when you sit down into, in, in, with your daily devotional life, you sit down with the Bible, start writing, summarize what is happening. Like Jesus went with his disciples to the marketplace, just start writing. The act of putting pen on paper gets those juices flowing in it, and, and, and it gets you to a place where God can start speaking to you, right? If you're listening to a sermon, write down the main points, whatever it is, like even, though, even the things that you're like, there's no reason that I need to even remember this, I don't need to know this, just start writing because I guarantee you'll be surprised how quickly God begins to speak directly to you, how quickly God begins to give you specific things that he wants to tell you for your life right now. Step two, make it real. Don't, don't, don't start journaling about the ethereal, other people should do this. I, this would be the ideal concept for Christianity. Make it real. Apply it to your life. What does it mean in your context? What does it mean in my context when Jesus says to love my neighbor? What does it mean in my context when Jesus, uh, when Jesus said to love God, love people, make disciples? What does it mean for me? in my life, in my context. Number three, think action. When we're journaling, we gotta think action because that's how we, that's, that's the final step to making that transition from a hearer of the word who just lets it come in one ear and out the other to somebody who takes action on it, right? Think action. How, what steps can I take based on what God has just revealed to me today? What steps can I take? And then write it down. Writing things down is the biggest uh, is, the, is the biggest way to make them stick in your mind. All right, journal, journal. And so in James 1.25, it says, but whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. So I, I want to I look at the beginning of this verse, the beginning of this little section real fast. It says, but whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God. Whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God. The counsel of God, what is that? That is just the, the, the advice that God gives us, the things that God speaks to us. The counsel of God. Whoever catches a glimpse of it, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, that person will find delight and affirmation. So what James is saying here is he's saying, you don't need to catch the whole picture right now. He's saying, if you catch it out of the corner of your eye, if you catch even just a little bit of the counsel of God, if you catch just a little bit of the word of God speaking into your life and you stick with it, a little bit more reveals, a little bit more reveals as you, as you make steps towards that, right? Even if you catch it out of the corner of your eye and stick with it, you'll become a man or woman of action and find delight and affirmation in that action. And in and, and the ESV, that that end part, it says, that person will be blessed in his action, right? When God calls us to action, he gets his way when we take it. And when we live with God's plan for our lives, it's so much better than our own because it's so much bigger than our own, okay? So, so, so when God, when, when we take action on things that God calls us, he blesses that action, but action, it sounds, it's another one of those things that, like journaling, start writing, that sounds simple because it's one word. Like, oh, just take, take action. What does that mean, right? What does that mean? How can I take action? And, and I, can, I can hear that in my life, and, I, and I'm sure that it happens in yours. It's this idea of how can I take action? I don't see all the steps. I don't have all the words. I don't have all the answers. 
Or even how can someone like me take action? How can, how can somebody that, that's done the things that I've done, or how can somebody that's in the place in life that I'm in, how can somebody that only has the connections that I have, how can I take action? Right? But the disciples actually asked Jesus the same question. The, the disciples of Jesus, the people that were following him when he was walking this planet, they said, Jesus, Jesus asked them to do something. And they said, Jesus, we, we, we can't do that because we wouldn't know what to say. We wouldn't know the words to say. And in Luke 12, 12, actually, 12, 12, Jesus said this to them. He said, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the moment when you need them. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the moment when you need them. God reveals what we need when we need it, right? If we're in relationship with him. If we're in relationship with him. That's Jake, Jake last week when he talked about hearing the voice of God, he said that, that God will not let you drive off a cliff. When we're in relationship with God, he gives us what we need when we need it. And, and that's the beautiful thing about daily devotions. And that's why they're so important. Because God gives us what we need when we need it. He's not going to give us what we need for three stages from now. Why? Because we wouldn't, we wouldn't make sense of it. We wouldn't know how to apply it right now. If he, if he gives us the knowledge that we need for, for five years from now, right now, how are we going to use it? God gives us the knowledge that we need when we need it. And that's why daily devotions are so important. When we keep in relationship with God, he can speak directly into our lives when we need it, right? Because God wants to do new things in our lives today. But he needs us to trust him and take steps towards the things that are new that he's asking us to do. So when we spend time in daily devotion with God, he needs us to take steps of trust with him when he calls us to things, right? When he brings, we've been talking about rocket fuel, when he brings a new piece of fuel into our lives, he needs us to take a step with it. When we, when we catch that out of the corner of our eye, he needs us to stick with it. And, and so there's a, there's a Stanford business professor that I was reading his book. His name is Peter Thiel. He wrote a book called Zero to One, Notes on Startups and How to Build the Future. How to Build the Future. That's, that's why I bought the book. I'm not going to lie. I was like, how to build the future. All right. Let's see how this can apply. And, and it's crazy because a lot of our spiritual life can be mimicked in how we do things in the natural life. Why? Because it's all created by the same creator, right? It's all the same thing. So he said in his book, Zero to One, uh, Notes on Startups and How to Build the Future, he said, doing what we already know how to do takes the world from one to N. N just being an arbitrary number that's greater than one, adding more of something familiar. But every time we create something new, we go from zero to one. The act of creation is singular, as is the moment of creation, and the result is something fresh and strange. I love that. The result is something fresh and strange. When we take action on the things that God is calling us to, it brings us from zero to one, right? It creates something new, something fresh, something strange. Instead of piling on the familiar, getting the same results over and over again, when we step, step into action in the things that God is calling us to, it begins to bring something fresh, something strange, and something full of potential, right? Something fresh, strange, and full of potential. God is trying to do new things, and he fuels us for them. He gives us the little things that we need. He, he, he shows us a glimpse out of the corner of our eye of his counsel, right? And, but if we don't take that step, we don't make room for God to fuel us anymore. 
We don't, we don't make room for God to bring the next thing. You see, we weren't meant to keep taking in fuel that we aren't using. Both, both, in, the na- both in the spiritual world and in the natural world, right? I don't know how many of you guys uh, saw this study in, uh, in, it was actually an article, and it wasn't really a study. It was in, uh, the, right around the time of the 2008 Olympics, Michael Phelps came out and shared his diet with everybody. And it was like pancakes and Big Macs and stacked up on a table, adding up to 12,000 calories a day, over 10,000 more than the recommended daily intake. And I I actually did a little bit of research and did some math to see what would happen if I did that on my daily exercise level. And I would actually end up obese, two, obese class two, class two obese, after 30 days. 30 days it would take me to get to obese class two from, I I think I'm in, like, I'm not in shape, but I'm at least not obese two. Um... It would take me 30 days to get to obese too. That's three pounds per day. If I didn't die in 10 days, which I probably would, then in 30 days, I would be obese too. We're not created to keep taking in fuel that we're not using. Although it would be kind of fun to take in all those calories. I, I actually, as I was doing this, I s- slowly considered looking up his uh, exercise routine to see if I could do it just because eating 12,000 calories a day sounds kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Sounds like it would be a lot of fun. I almost want to do it, but I feel like it would be unhealthy for me, so I'm not going to. No, don't do it. But when we take action, we open up the opportunity for God to fuel us, right? We open up the opportunity for God to bring new, fresh things into our lives that are full of potential. So what does it look like to take action? Let's, let's, let's finish up here and look at what it looks like to take action. It's simply doing what God asks simply following the little bit of revealed counsel of God that we can get. Whether it's in the Bible or whether it's specifically to us, the things that God has called us to, the things that God has gifted us with, right? Using these things. We use a phrase here at Joy Church called moving from consumer to contributor, right? Moving from consumer to contributor, starting to use the fuel that God has given you. And maybe you know what God is calling to do, you to do, and maybe you don't, but I'm gonna shamelessly plug Next Track right here, because if you don't, that's the place for you to be. It's a four-week journey. You get to go in there. You get to find your purpose. In four weeks, in one month, you get to find purpose? That's crazy, right? God's special purpose for your life and how it applies us, or how it applies to our lives specifically. Get into Next Track. It is amazing if you have not been there. But the, the, the point is that God calls us to purpose, Right? That's how we take action, is we find the purpose that God is calling us to. And as we chase that purpose, our relationship with God grows. And with it, our capacity for fuel grows. Our capacity for, for, for the, the wisdom that God can give us, it grows. And we have a greater and greater impact on the world around us as we per- persevere and keep being doers. Right, Keep taking action. As we keep just making action on the little bit, that we see out of the corner of our eyes. We keep doing that. God continues to grow our capacity. God continues to, to, to make, up, make more room for fuel, right? God brings us to the next stage and, and to the next stage so where we can go higher and higher in our relationship with God. And there was a guy uh, that wrote a good chunk of the Bible. His name was Paul, and he got this. He got it. He understood. In, in Philippians 3, 13 through 14, he said, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to take and hold, to take to have 
taken hold of it. And he's talking about his ultimate purpose, right? His ultimate goal. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Uh, if you come up. But um, keep on straining towards the goal that God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus, right? Paul, at this point, he's already impacted thousands of people. And he doesn't realize it yet, but he's going to impact billions of people. His, the words that he's writing are going to impact billions of people. He's already done so much, but he recognizes that God's purpose is bigger than he could ever even imagine, right? Paul, Paul got this, that, that God's purpose for our lives is like one of those clown handkerchiefs where you start pulling it and it just keeps coming, just keeps coming. The faster you pull it, it, it's not like that you get to the end faster. It's just that you get more out, right? And, and, and Paul recognizes that this is like the purpose of God for our lives, that, that, the, that the faster we take steps towards it, the faster we take steps towards the call of God on our lives, it's not the, the faster we get to the end goal. That's not what it is. It's the, it's the faster or it's the further we get. The more, the more we can do, the more purpose God can bring into our lives, the more fuel he can add to us, right? The deeper our relationship with him can go. But the awesome thing is there's nothing special about Paul. He just got it. There was nothing special about him, right? There's nothing special about Paul. He was just like us. He was just a guy trying to figure out his purpose and running on what God had given him, right? Just trying to figure out his purpose and running on what God had given him. And we are the same. God has given us so much purpose and so much potential that it's our job just to take the next step, right? He has given us so much purpose and potential and, and God wants you to be the start of a movement, right? Every person in here, God wants you to be the start of a movement that through you, thousands of people would have their lives changed, that through you, thousands of people would come into a relationship with God, right? I believe that in this room, there are addicts that are going to help thousands of people break their addictions, right? I believe that in this room, there are people suffering from depression that are gonna help people escape suicide. I believe that, that, that in this room, there are victims of abuse that are gonna break the cycle and help families get healthy, right? I believe that in this room are people that God wants to use to change the world, right? That's the purpose that he has for your life. And it's even so much greater because only I thought of this, right? I thought of this, I'm not God. God's purpose is greater than this. This is just what I could think of. God's purpose for us is so much greater than what we could ever think of. But our job right now is just to take the next step. Right, just to take the next step, to catch that glimpse out of the corner of our eye and take a, take a little step towards it, to take a little bit of a step towards it. And for every person here, that next step, it's a little different, right? But one thing is for certain, God is calling you to a next step. That's all I can say for you right now is that God is calling you to a next step. And it might look different. Maybe it looks like next track. I don't know. Maybe it looks like joining a joy group. Whatever it might look like, God is calling you. And, and maybe you don't even recognize that it's God talking to you right now. Maybe you're just starting to feel like a little pull at your heartstrings, don't, don't really know what's happening. Maybe, maybe a little thought has been brought to your mind. But let me tell you this, God is speaking to you right now. Whoever you are, wherever you are, God is speaking into your life right now and calling you to take the next step. 